When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's move on to Jabari uh, because Jabari Smith Jr. obviously has, as we've talked about through previous episodes, has been a lot better since the All-Star break. This game in particular he, uh, he goes, looks like he had 12 and 12, didn't necessarily shoot it particularly well, uh, only five or 14 from the field, but he's had it in one or five from three. And we know he, he struggled to shoot the ball at various points of the season for most of the season, but he's also had some really, really good moments. Uh, some that we've highlighted, but even some since we've highlighted those, um, it's getting a little bit of national attention as well. Um, it feels like yes, it the, there was a big story written about him. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a big story written about him. Now it would have been nice if the takeaway, if the big takeaway from that big story that was written about him was a more so about him. But I figure we can use that as an opportunity here to highlight what it is that it feels like national media is starting to get a hold of or or, or a sense for, and that's that Jabari Smith Jr. is putting it together late here in the season, similar to the way it seemed like Jalen Green was last year. Yeah, I think that with with Smith, people get fixated on the shooting numbers and the shooting numbers haven't been good and they weren't good again tonight. But I do think that he's shown signs that the shooting is going to come around. And, you know, there have been enough good games over the second half of the season to where you're pretty confident that the shooting is going to be fine. The thing that I that I think has been really encouraging is just his activity on the floor where he has an impact on a whole lot of other things like the rebounding is a big deal. Yep. I mean, to, to have 12 rebounds in a game and to have, you know, this is not, it's not a great defensive rebounding team. Uh, and I'd have to look and see exactly where they are when he's off the floor. And part of it is because Alperin Shingun is, you know, Alperin Shingun had 12 rebounds as well tonight, but eight of them were offensive rebounds. So th- there's your center. Who's only coming up with four offensive with uh, four defensive rebounds in a game, which mm-hmm. is not great. So, um, they really need him to go and, and get the basketball and to help end possessions because they're a bad defensive team as it is. If they aren't finishing rebounds, if they're giving up second chance opportunities, they have no chance. Uh, and so he's been a really good rebound. I've, I've been pleasantly surprised uh, by his defensive rebounding this season because he's not a big guy. So it's not something that I think you would have expected. Oh, he, he's going to be really good at this. Um, so, for him to be just active like that and make plays like that, I think has been really important. And um, so, so I think that's been a big positive for him this season. Uh, and they've actually, you know, the on off stuff with the defensive rebounding, it does not, does not make the point that I was hoping that it would make, but you know, the point still stands is that 
you know, when you are, I think he might be leading. He he's either first or second among all rookies in defensive rebounding. And, and again, there are, there are some rookies in this class that are much much bigger than he is. But yet uh, he's still coming away with rebounds. I think that's been important. I think the defensive stuff will come uh, as uh, as time progresses as he gets stronger. But he he's getting better, and that's yeah. really all that you care. Like it, it, he is a much different player today than he was back when the season started in October. And that's what you care about. You're only, you know, you're not going to go from A to B right away. There are steps that go in between and he is taking those steps. Yeah. You mentioned his activity and specified the rebounding. One of the things that I'm looking at or that has stood out to me about Jabari lately, about Jabari Smith Jr. lately is that he just seems so much more comfortable. We're talking about activity. He seems so much more comfortable putting the ball on the floor and making moves, like picking his spots on the floor. Um, like, like he just seems so much more comfortable handling the basketball, passing the basketball. Was it the the Knicks game where he's got uh, he's got a pass on the break, and I forget who it must. I think it was to KJ. KJ Martin finishes it on the break. And it just it's a it's a pass. It's a no look pass with a swagger and confidence that I feel like Jabari Smith Jr. has always had. But you weren't really seeing him play with it at a certain point uh, when he was really struggling. But seeing him put the ball on the floor more, you're seeing him uh, pick his spots, uh, seeing him pass the ball. You mentioned the rebounding, which is really, really big. I hadn't thought about it in the context of Shingun is the way you pointed it out. But that's that's also a good way to look at it as well. Like. I just figure he's 6'10", 6'11", whatever he is, he should be rebounding. But but that is a plus. And, and it would be concerned. I think it would be concerning, even though he's, you know, he's got a slight build, it would be concerning if he wasn't showing you some of that because you expect him to be a defensive presence and and, and obviously as a big as somebody to to rebound. Um, so it, it's it seems like it's really coming together. He seems a lot more comfortable, even in nights like this, when he doesn't shoot the ball particularly well, it still feels like the point that you made that he's just a totally different player that he's, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's night and day. It's still sort of, you know, the same player profile, but you just see the progression. You know, you can see that, you know, the, the games that he played earlier were the result of having never played an NBA game. And the games that he's playing now are the results of having played roughly 70 something of them. So uh, and, and he talked about that in that ESPN article that we that we were referencing um, before it went off the rails. Um, he mentioned how, you know, if he could talk to, you know, the, the, the rookie coming in, he would tell him to be a little less hard on himself and and, you know, to just kind of focus on the task at hand and not be such a harsh critic of himself. Um, and I think he's learning that and kind of growing into that. Yeah, and he, I think we talked about this. It might have been last week. But a, a lot of his confidence has grown because he knows the guys around him and the and he knows what they do well. And the guys around him know what he does well. So they know now, hey, he's really good when he gets the ball in this spot. So let's make sure that we get him the ball in this spot. And he understands like you talk about the lobs. He, he had one, I think it was against the Warriors. He had one also where he threw up a lob to KJ. It was not a good pass. It wasn't necessarily a good decision, but he knew the guy who he was throwing the lob to, and he knew that guy could actually go up, get it, and throw it down. So, again, that's understanding the guys that you're playing with, which, again, when you are – he's playing with all these guys for the first time. 
every single one of these guys he is playing with for the first time. Uh, he played against some of these guys before, but playing, you know, just because you played against Tari Eason once or twice in the SEC, it doesn't mean you know everything about Tari Eason's game. It takes time to really know and understand. And the same thing with him trying to learn, you know, learn off of Shingun. You know, they had a little bit of work in training camp, but that's it. You know, you're not, they didn't have a very long training camp. You don't, those practices aren't going all day and all night. You know, you, it, it takes time to figure out all this stuff. So, you know, this, this is going to be, we're going to have the same conversation with whoever they draft in, in July or in June. It's going to take time. It does not happen overnight with this stuff. You know, it, this isn't 2K. It's in 2K where you just jump in and boom, you're all ready to go. No, it, it takes time. There's a learning process. There's a learning curve that goes with this. And so really the only thing that you want to see is that you want to see improvement. If you're not seeing improvement, if you're seeing regression, then you have a problem. But I said this uh, this time last year, you saw all those guys progress. The guys who are playing, you saw them progress. This year, you're seeing these guys progress. That's all that matters. Would you like to see them win some more games? Sure, you'd like to see them win some more games. Would you like to see them be a little more competitive in every single one of these games? Absolutely. But this is the way it goes. And they're playing in the Western Conference, and you look at the West. There are 15 teams. There are 14 other teams in the West. So that's, let's see, I'm trying to do math in my head. They're playing 52 games against Western Conference opponents. Four of those are against the Spurs. So 48 games, they are playing against teams that are much, much, much better than they are. And those are uh, 48 games against teams that are competing and trying to win this season. That is a very tough way to really get introduced to the NBA. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I like your comment on this ain't 2K. Because uh, another thing, you know, maybe not in a 2K way, but I, I feel like there is a tendency to want to do the way too early prediction and projection on what a guy is based off of you know just what you know at that moment and that's just hard to do you know it's hard to do like obviously if somebody looks amazing you can say hey well (laughs) that guy it looks like that guy's gonna be amazing but if they don't necessarily right away that does not mean that they're not going to be amazing it just means that they're not amazing yet you know, um, and, and that's one of the things that I think uh, was, you know, the commentary around Jabari was easy to struggle with. Uh, and I even struggled with this a little bit in, in watching him and saying, OK, can I watch him right now and project and, or predict? Is that somebody that you take with the number three overall pick or is he going to be that? I mean, and, and I mean, not not to second guess the pick, because, you know, at, at the time, it seemed like he could go number one overall. So like he was number one on many, many boards. Right. So you were, yeah. So this isn't to even second guess that it's to also acknowledge that they were in some ways, if you think about it from that context, lucky for him to fall to them at number three, but based off of what we were seeing earlier in the season, it was like, man, is that, is that the guy that, you know, we sort of get, we were trying to project that he was and, and, you know, that you would like to see be 
the, the, the production that you would like to see from the number number three overall pick do you see that in that guy and it's like man i don't know you can't tell that just from the guy barely playing any games and it was unfair to him as as desperate as people were to want to have something to say about it and you don't want to have nothing to say about it but sometimes you do have to wait and see or you do have to acknowledge hey this doesn't look good right now these things these particular things don't look good right now but here's how they can be better and here's you know here's like a reasonable amount of time to expect that to get better and those sort of things and i feel like we for the most part did that but you know it was i guess in the beginning somewhat startling that okay guy who's profiled to be a knockdown shooter isn't shooting the ball well you know and i've said this too a guy whose form looks like that the 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 shot should fall way more often than it does when you know considering his form and you know and 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 just the his history of shooting the ball so uh so i so i think there was some uh you know a quick a little bit of quick to judge there a little bit with with jabari smith but we're seeing some of those things come together and one of the things i liked him talking about um which we already know this but it's cool to see him experience it and realize it and and articulate it but it's just the difference between the college game we're going to get into final four uh, talking just a little bit but the difference between playing at auburn and playing in the sec playing against tari eason in the sec ain't the same as playing with tari eason in the nba and uh and my man has learned that that is two i think this is a quote direct quote from him is that it's two totally different games um and he's he is figuring out learning how to play this particular one this game yeah and playing against missouri <laughs> on a tuesday night in january is a little different than playing against the phoenix suns on a tuesday night in january i mean yeah. you're you are playing against grown men or even the Spurs, even the Spurs. Yes, yeah. that, that's a that's a really good point because we could take uh, my guess is we could take the top 12 picks of the 2022 draft or the 20. We could take the top 12 picks of any draft and put them in the NBA as one team and they would get their asses beat over mm-hmm. the course of an entire season because yeah. they don't know how to play. They don't know how to play. You know, you're throwing them all together. You're throwing that. It doesn't matter how talented you are. If you don't know how to play, if you don't know what you're doing, if you are smaller, you know, physically than whoever you're going up against, you're going to lose most of the time. That's just how this is. Talent can only get you so far. The know-how is the next part of it. And so they, they got knocked around by San Antonio early in the year a couple times because the Spurs were playing vets. And were the Rockets much more talented than that Spurs team? Absolutely. But the Spurs played harder those two games, and they knew what they were doing those two games. And that stuff matters so much because it you could be you could get the five most talented guys in the world on the floor. If they don't know what they're doing, then they have no chance against a team that does know what they're doing. So that's the big aspect of this. That's the part that nobody wants to to think about because you always hear, you know, it's always the joke, Bama against the Lions, who wins? Well, the Lions are going to win every single time. That's just how this is because everybody who plays on the Lions is already in the NFL, whereas some of the guys on Bama are in the NFL. That's just how this works. So the the vets are always going to win out most of the time. You know, not all the time, but most of the time the older teams are just simply better because they know what they're doing. They're bigger. They're stronger. They have been at this for many, 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 many more years. 
Well, side note, the Lions might actually be getting pretty Yeah, it's good, not a great so. it's not a great year for that example. No. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I know why you used it cuz Texans it, versus Bama. Well, the point I was going to make is that the fact that the Lions are actually that this is not a great year to use it and that they might actually be pretty good is just another sign that the world is kind of on its ass. Uh, cuz what do we do with that? You know, what do we do with the Lions being good? 